Hello, this is James Grundig with Decentralized.media on Unrestricted Warfare. I got a special guest. We're going to talk about the WHO pandemic treaty. Because if you think Davos 2024 is over, no, no, no. It's the fun's just beginning. You know that uh, Bill Gates and Tedros calls himself a doctor. Anyways, they're they're focusing on disease X. And I got a question that I'm going to ask our guest, James Roguski. Uh, is disease X coming before the pandemic ratification in May? Because to me, that would make sense, like cause and effect, right? I mean, that's just me. But for some reason, Tedros is saying it's coming after. Well, how how is that going to like focus me, the nation, from signing on to the pandemic treaty, you know, part of the ratification, if I don't see the pandemic? We didn't see one in 2020. We saw a PSYOP instead. So just saying, not even attacking the virus theory, but we didn't see the excess deaths until the vaccines rolled out. Let's play video number one and bring on our guests very shortly. Because it's not just the intent to defraud or uttering, uh, which the old common law uttering, it's also felony murder. There's, there's all the individuals I could talk about, like Amaya was 12 years old, Sarah Beller, counselor and bilateral uncle herniation the next year. So a whole year later, she dies within the same month as her vaccine. And they gave her one in the left arm, three in the right arm. She got her third dose of COVID in her left arm. And then she got meningococcal, uh, HPV and uh, Tdap. She had four vaccines at once. She was dead in 26 days from a stroke. So now you have four women, 12 years old, 17 years old, 30 and 62 died from stroke. They're still not investigating. It's not uh, willful ignorance. It's not anything benign like that. This is intentional withholding of information from the public that would save the lives of the public. Wow, is that kind of an indictment? Uh, it is to me. James Ruguski, welcome to the show and weigh in on that simple little video but it's very obvious to me what's going on well thank you very much for having me um you know that simple little video with four people you know multiply that times how many hundred thousand or million or even billion yeah. uh, it's almost it's almost incomprehensible james you may not know this but about 18 years ago uh, i wrote a book about cholesterol and the name of the book, uh, and I've always given it away, is Your Doctor is a Liar. And I stand Love by it. it now. There might be a couple good ones out there. So, you know, maybe. But the the system in which they operate, if they are a medical doctor, is designed to harm you under the guise of helping you to trick you into either swallowing or injecting poisons into your body, thinking that that's how you become more healthy. And then what's astonishing is when the side effects of those poisons catch up to you a week, a month, a year later, people don't put two and two together. They go back to the person who harmed them in the first place to get more harm. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And you know, quite frankly, um, it's not part of their business model to kill people they would rather drain your resources completely from your estate yep. before they want that to happen. Because, you know, if the uh, undertaker makes their earnings too soon, um, it hurts their profitability. Now, that may sound very jaded and, and overblown, but I ask a very simple question of anybody. 
who in the medical profession profits when you are healthy? Is there well, any incentive whatsoever? Absolutely yeah, abso not. Absolutely. What's, what's very interesting is I had a guest on last week. Her name was Megan Smith, a documentary filmmaker that was just going down a couple of rabbit holes in the medical world. And, and she would eventually come to the conclusion that cancer is this simple. Cancer loves sugar. So think of all the processed sugar we've, we've been lied to about for the last 60 years. And salt was bad, right? That's part of the high blood pressure stuff, not the processed sugar. And then what? Cancer hates oxygen. Let's think of hyperbaric oxygen tank therapy and things of that nature. And it's like, wow, is it really that simple? Dr. Lee Merritt adds in, it might be might be caused by fungus as well. So if you keep the parasites and fungus out of your body, you keep the processed sugars out of your body, and you're anaerobic, like you're going on exercise and, and, and things like that, or even do a HBOT tune-up every month, yeah, I guess you're not going to get cancer. James? Well, you know, um, we're you're preaching to the choir. You might actually be preaching to a preacher. Um, about 10 years ago, I put together um, naturalcancercures.org, and I also have um, controlbloodsugarnaturally.com. Um, that's not what we're here to talk about, but that's what I've done in the past 20 years. Uh, there are so many natural ways to maintain, optimize, or regain your health if you lose it, but they don't you know, make the profits that can be made when you scare the bejeebers out of people, you you lie to them, you tell them that something is on the horizon and it's going to get you unless you do what, you know, the medical profession tells you. Um, you know, the past four years, you would have thought would have been a bright, shining, you know, loud wake-up call. And many people have awakened, but still... People go back to the doctors. You know, I read something in the news today that I have never seen before. Um, I learned that a little while back, the president of Namibia, the country of Namibia, yep. passed away. And the headline that I read said that he passed away from cancer treatment. Now, I've always heard them say con um, um, complications of yes. cancer. That's that's the way they would hide, you know, what really happened. But it literally said in the article, the the title, that he died from cancer treatment. And wow, that's, that is not pretty... a rarity. Um, you know, arguably the statistics are almost impossible to extract. But I, I've been involved in this half my life, so go back thirty years. And 10 years in, you know, easily 20 years ago, 1996, I believe it was, there were reports that were published in medical journals that had listed properly prescribed medications as the third leading cause of death. Now, that doesn't count for overdoses or, you know, mistakes or anything like that. And, you know, they were not even considering um, vaccinations and obviously not the things that we're they doing. never want to COVID. consider vaccinations, please. Right. Oh my gosh. And, and, shut the entire autism alone would, would destroy the vaccine industry. If the truth came out, it should, it should absolutely. And so, you know, I, I shudder to think what the percentage of death that is caused by what I call the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. It's five times bigger than the military industrial complex. And, you know, I actually dug up some statistics um, about deaths around the world. And the number of deaths that are due to war 
are way down on the list. If you compare now, you know, not to, you know, not give, you know, proper concern for what happens throughout the world due to the military industrial complex, but they're tiny compared to the deaths caused by the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. People are just un unfortunately very unaware. They're unaware, they're uneducated, they're kept in the dark all for a reason. We're going to get into the reason because now the World Health Organization wants to become the global leader in a lot of things. It's not just, I'm really, it's not just pandemics and giving up sovereignty. It's 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 also what you're going to eat. Think think of, uh, you know, artificial uh, meat and stuff like that, right? All the CO2 two hoax, climate hoax, all of it's coming at once. I have a PowerPoint deck I'm going to start. We have a lot of images and quotes from Tedros and things the World Health Organization, and we will get into it right now because this is fascinating on many levels. So this is Unrestricted Warfare with James Roguski, and this episode 39 is called Who Pandemic Treaty Ratification, coming in May. You can find yours truly on Unrestricted Warfare and Beyond the Bible, Every day of the week, one or the other, uh, on real on uh, excuse me, rumble.com red pill plat uh platform. So here we got the Super Bowl coming up. And James, do, I don't know if you watch American football, the NFL, or anything, but just seeing Travis Kel Kelsey getting paid 20 million for, for the fake Pfizer shots he gets and all this. And he and he supposedly is dating Taylor Swift, and she won so many Emmy uh or Grammy last night, but not the Grammy. We're going to get this in our face with the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. Does this nauseate you in any way? Well, you know, I do not have a television. I've never owned a television in my life. We don't have cable or any of that sort of thing. But even with that, you know, I only get the news that I seek out. I still have to know, you know, that this is what's going on. And the best joke that I know about this situation, if anybody knows Taylor Swift's um, history, the joke that goes along with him getting jabs is either way, he's getting his heart broken. <laughs> he is getting his heart broken. So I didn't know this. I knew the CDC changed the definition of vaccines in 2020. And I came across this, and this is uh, November of 2020. And you can see a difference that the World Health Organization has also changed the definition of what is herd immunity. And what changes, obviously, they're using the word concept used for vaccination. It was never a concept. It was the it was the golden rule. It was it was safe and effective. It was all herd immunity. We need herd immunity. We need 95%. And now they 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 watered down to a thing called a concept if a threshold of vaccination is reached. It's it's a certain status. This is such BS, but go ahead and weigh in us. Why did the World Health Organization change the definition of herd immunity? Is, for, is it for legal protection? Well, it's actually really uh, a psyop and hypnosis because I have, you know, had many websites. I currently have a blog and a newsletter. And if I posted a new definition for any term in the English language, it would have just as much legal authority, lawful authority, as the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control or the FDA making a change to the text on their blog or their website. These are not legal definitions, but people unfortunately assume 
that if the WHO says so, it must be the case. Now, one of the things that I have been digging into over the last two years, both the international health regulations and the proposed, really, it should be called a framework convention for pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response, they're supposed to define terminology in the first article of those documents. And so in the, in the existing international health regulations, there are many definitions of terms, but vaccine isn't one of them. Herd immunity isn't one of them. Wow. Pandemic isn't one of them. So anytime you hear somebody say something like, well, we have a lot of cases that are based on, a, you know, quite frankly, a, a fraudulent use of the PCR process, and so there's a, a pandemic, which is, again, a word that's not defined. And so everyone has to take this, quote unquote, safe and effective vaccine. If you ever hear the terms safe and effective, you know that the person is lying because nothing at all across the board in life is safe and effective. What they're supposed to tell you is we've done a lot of studies and here are what we think are the potential benefits. Here are the potential risks. Here's a demographic breakdown of what we saw. Maybe you're an elderly person. Maybe you're you know, dealing with a, a six week old baby. Um, there is no one word answer. It's supposed to be an individual decision based on information that is as true and complete as possible. And so I'll give you an example. Um, you've heard probably of this crazy idea called Russian roulette. You yep. get a revolver with, a, you know, six chambers. People put one bullet in it. They spin the, the chambers and put the gun to their head. Well, you could say that that's 84% safe. But one of those bullets is really effective. Now, that use of the language was put forth by Fauci with these tests that were created in a way and they were they were crafted in a way that you didn't need to read the results. You could read the design of the study and understand what they were doing with the fraud. They put people into a study where they got a jab, waited a month, got another jab, and then not until 14 days after the second jab were those people then considered to be vaccinated. So for six weeks, if anything happened to them, those side effects were counted in the unvaccinated. Now, other companies did studies where they had, you know, three or four categories, got one shot, got two shots, you know, the time period in between and so forth and so on. But the Pfizer study, you didn't need to see the results to see that it was designed to be fraudulent. So two years later, when they came out and um, interviewed a, a Pfizer representative and they said, oh, we never bothered to check for transmission. Uh, how did people not see that in the design of the study? I saw it. Many people saw it. That They never even cared because it's all due to the fact their their approvals are due to the fact that the pharmaceutical companies pay approximately might be more now half of the fda's budget so you know the fda is you know bought and paid for no question let's go on to the next slide 
So this is uh, the world news in brief. Pandemic treaty in jeopardy. This is what they claim. Historic IOM appeal. Enormous obstacles facing Iran's lawyers. So do you know anything about Iran not going to sign or ratify the pandemic treaty? Well, let me um, take a step back and talk about the fact that this is not just one document that people unfortunately refer to as the pandemic treaty. There's at least three documents in play. Mm -hmm. There were a small number of amendments to the international health regulations that were purportedly adopted on May 28th, 2022, almost two years ago now. There's a long backstory behind that. We can get into that if you want. But in August of last year, I ran in the middle of one of the negotiating meetings. You know, it, it only took them like 15 seconds. It's very easy to miss. They said, oh, yeah, by the way, we rejected the amendments that the Biden administration shoved through illegitimately during the 75th World Health Assembly. So they rejected Biden's amendments from 2022, which I'm going to guess the vast majority of people listening to this, watching this, didn't even know that that was a thing. Okay. Now, most of us don't know. I didn't even know that, to be honest with you. Um, did you say it was August 2022? Well, um, they were purportedly adopted in on May 28th of 2022. Got it. More than a year later, Iran notified that they had rejected it. Um, but the interesting part about what happened with those amendments is more than two years ago, on January 18th, 2022, the Biden administration submitted a bunch of amendments to the international health regulations, to 13 articles. I found out about it a little more than two months afterwards, and I've been in this rabbit hole ever since talking about what they're doing. But because he presented them as is required four months before the assembly, one yeah. of the articles in the IHR, Article 55, requires that, and you know, any nation can propose an amendment, but they got to give at least four months notice so that everybody gets a chance to consider it. Well, in that four month run up from January to May, all of the nations looked at what he had proposed and they said, no way. And one of the things that he had submitted was he wanted to shorten the time period to implement any future um, amendments from 24 months down to six months. And that was rejected, kicked to the curb. But if you as, think about as, that- why, as, it, as it should be. Well, why would, why would that be proposed? Well, if you realize that the next assembly this coming May so starts on May 27th and goes to June 1st, if you go six months ahead, that would still be within the Biden administration. If it went much further, there would be the risk that a new president would come into office on January 20th, 2025, and could just reject those amendments because there's an 18-month period for rejection. That's why. There you go. And so what we're dealing with here is that was kicked to the curb. They resubmitted a different package of amendments to five articles in the middle of the assembly without four months notice. And they said that they were adopted on May 28th. But here's the part that you would think the media would be talking about. What I'm about to say 
should be enough to bring Tedros Ghebreyesus down. They lied and said that they voted, but they never did. They have a document on May 28th, I've reported on this for months, where they claim that they voted during their eighth session, but there's a little problem. They record all of their meetings, and if you watch the eighth session, they never talked about it. Now, 18 months after the fact, we did manage to get a dozen members of the European Parliament to write a letter to the WHO Director General Tedros, and they said, look, you know, we're, we're looking at these amendments that Iran rejected, and they said, there's no evidence that there was ever a vote. And without any evidence of a vote, these are all null and void. So while Iran and a handful of other countries rejected them, you know, we have problems in the United States and elsewhere with election integrity, but the WHO has taken it to a new level. They just say they voted. They don't yeah, even they, 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 Well, they got a lot, lot of problems. Like for instance here, World Health Organization is planning to abolish the First Amendment in America. Brett Weinstein, that's what he told Tucker. Now, I'm not necessarily, I don't know Brett Weinstein that, that much, but this actually makes sense to me because the UN, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, they do want to take over the world. That, that to me, crystal clear, that is not conspiracy. That's what's happening. Have you heard about this? Um, I've watched his interview on Tucker, and I'm aware of what he said. And the documents that he's mostly referring to um, were articles that have there's been about six or seven versions of the what I refer to as the framework convention, because it's it's really much worse than just a treaty. And so they have um, a, a, an article in that proposed document that deals with what they refer to as infodemic or misinformation or disinformation. Yep. And what what I have come to do is it makes me smile whenever I hear Tedros talk about misinformation, because in my mind, what I hear when he says that is it's a very difficult thing for them when people like you and I and others present the missing information that they don't want people to know. And so whenever he says misinformation, what what we're presenting is, you know, here's what the documents say. And so they want to have nations, literally the word that they had in one of the versions was the nations should tackle misinformation, which, you know, maybe around Super Bowl you know season uh, that would resonate with people. But then it, it became combat. Right. So they want to go to war with the truth. Now, the First Amendment and the Constitution, in my opinion, is misunderstood by the vast majority of Americans, right? The Constitution does not guarantee your rights. The Constitution was when the 13 original states yep. handed over a limited number of authorities to the federal government. They have you know, certain authorities that are enumerated. And that is actually where the states handed over some of their sovereign rights to the federal government. A handful of years later, they said, well, we want to make doubly sure that you understand that we did not give you any authority 
over what's in the first 10 amendments, the Bill of Rights. That is a limitation on the actions of the federal government. Other entities can attempt to you know, step and trample and take away your rights and freedoms. You have to defend your individual freedoms and your rights from the government. And so, you know, what we need in many ways is an understanding that, you know, from the people of the country, that as long as you allow a little bit of tyranny, you're going to get right up to the limit that you allow. And so what you have to allow is absolute adherence to, you know, the protections that you have to stand up for yourself for the rights and freedoms that you deserve. Now, a lot of people simply don't know what rights are theirs just, you know, as a man or a woman. And and what it's, it really requires kind of is people to understand. Away, yeah. Kind of why civics went away in high school and stuff uh, in public education, kind of why they don't teach uh, the Bill of Rights, not not too much anyways. I mean, it was, it was discussed in the, in the 1970s, but I'm sure it's gone by now. It wouldn't surprise me, but, but to my question here, this next slide is, is very straightforward. If the pandemic treaty is ratified, enacted, so on and so forth, what other what other freedoms, I'm talking about Tedros now, what other powers does the World Health Organization have over nations that have given up their sovereignty? Does this include uh, what kind of food we're going to eat, what kind of food we're going to farm? What what is it just defined to pandemics or, or is it broader than that? Let, let me ask you a rhetorical question that I do not know the answer to. Sure. Okay. Um, I didn't go to Davos. Um, I don't sit in on the WHO meetings, mm -hmm. but do you think that in, you know, their um, dining um, situation, whether it, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, wherever they may go to feed the people who were there, do you think they were living on vegan and, and bug? Oh, no, um, absolutely no way, right? So this is the two-class two, two system, right? Everyone's poor, and they're, they're going to live like kings. That's their dream. It's not, it's not going to end up that way because they've overreached in the last, you know, decade, and people are, are becoming super awake very fast, finally. It's finally happening. So I don't see them being in power. Even if this goes through, I don't know, is Joe Biden really the president of the United States? This is a question is Joe Biden even alive? I'm seeing four actors play Joe Biden. So there's a lot of questions I have. So even if he saw, even if he gives away our, our sovereignty, if it, is it real? Is it legal? Is it lawful? I'm not sure. There are a lot of questions I have. I'd, I'd like to, to weigh in on um, this whole concept, if I may. Okay. Sure. Um, there are many, you know, I, I've been very, very focused on what the WHO is doing with these negotiated agreements, whether it's amendments or, or a new document. And what I feel that I've witnessed is the events. You know, there was a, a meeting today. I actually um, got up and, or stayed up really um, from one in the morning till two in the morning here in California to watch the events that were going on in Geneva, you know, during normal business hours. And so you're not going to hear very much about that event on the nightly news. Not and at so all. What's going on this week in Geneva is they had one meeting um, for an hour that was publicly 
uh, live streamed. So I got up to watch it. Yeah. And then they're going to be meeting in secret all week. And then at yep. the end of the day, Friday, they'll have a wrap up that, you know, is going to be public, but they won't tell you anything. Everything's being done in secret. And so they don't want you to know what they're really doing. And so they distract you with every crazy idea that you can possibly imagine. Now, there are real problems. You know, there's war and there's, you know, the attempt to control our finances with central bank digital currency and, you know, digital ideas. There are, quite frankly, bigger problems than just the WHO. But whether yeah. it's Taylor Swift or, you know, whether you can eat meat or, you know, what you have to pay for carbon credits or, you know, 15 minute cities or whatever it may be, they have the capacity to create the infodemic that they're blaming on us. No and question. So by putting out all of this info, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm not a military guy by any stretch of the imagination, but it used to be that planes would drop chaff so that the radars couldn't find them. Yeah, no they question. put out they put out so much garbage. My my joke is that I've been living off of their word salad for the last two years yeah, because I, it, it's bottomless. It's yeah, absolutely it, it bottomless. is bottomless. It's uh, you know mainstream media is in collusion. That's the word, not mm -hmm. collaborating. You're in co full blown collusion with the enemy to to America, to American Constitution, American freedom, to everything. There's no question about that. They don't. They don't check anything. They, and what Obama signed away uh, or allowed them uh, through executive order to actually legally uh, publish propaganda back in 2013 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're we're up against that machine. Um, so here's another Tedros classic, right? Who unveils global police force to arrest citizens who post independent media online? Oh, so now he's in charge of the news. I didn't know this. So it's just this is more of the garbage you're talking about, and I'm agreeing. And this is fact check supposedly, but it, I laugh at all of this. To me, he's he's a walking caricature. He's a, a joke, and everybody mocks him. Just letting you know <laughs> what I've seen. Um, one of the things that he has done repeatedly is to tell. I don't. I don't even know if I would say half, maybe quarter truths. You know, you, you've heard. Um, law programs where they say you got to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Well, he's good at telling a partial truth. Yep. And I'll try to give you an example, right? There's these multitude of documents that are being negotiated. One of them is had many, 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 many different names. Every version has a different name. It's really a framework convention, which I hope we get a chance to talk about. But we he won't. likes to he likes to refer to it as the pandemic accord. Well, it's never been officially named the pandemic accord. And in the WHO's way of working, every document has a number. So it might be a letter and a number mixed together, but they identify every document by numbers because they've got millions of documents. And, and so he will say something like, well, the pandemic accord, which that's not a thing. OK, that's just a couple of words put together that, yep. well, which document are you talking about? He'll say the pandemic accord does not or would not give the WHO sovereignty over the nations. And that's a true statement because what that framework convention would do would set up a totally new bureaucracy 
that is called the Conference of the Parties. And what that would be is all of the nations who um, agree to become a member or you know, yeah. a, a party to the agreement would send delegates that you don't get to vote for, you don't know who they were, you have no influence over them. They would form a totally new bureaucracy that would meet once a year. Now, technically, he's right. That's not the WHO. That's the Conference of the Parties or COP. Great distinction. They would, but see, he leaves that part of the truth out. It's a partial truth, not the whole truth. So therefore, it's a, a lie by omission. Now, here's what the problem is. In the latest version of the agreed, you know, the document that they're negotiating, you want to read chapter three, which is where they set up this bureaucracy and give it all the authority to, uh, I'll use this analogy. If you were going to sign a contract with somebody and at the last minute, they bring a ream of paper in and they put it in the middle of the agreement and bind it all up and go, Hey, don't worry. You know, we'll have our people work that out later. Just go ahead, sign on the dotted line. And year after year after year, people that you don't have any influence over would make you know, decisions that would be legally binding because you signed a blank check, basically. Correct. Well, that might sound insane, but let me take you back in time to 1992. Our Senate did give two-thirds advice and consent and were a party to the Framework Convention on Climate Change. Every year, they have a conference of the parties. Last December, 80,000 delegates, 80,000 people went, I think it was the United Arab Emirates, to the 28th COP, Conference of the Parties. And they've been making the decisions that have been making our lives miserable, worrying about climate change. And so if you love what's been going on, due to the framework convention for climate change and how that's just been making your life so wonderful, then you'll just love setting up a framework convention for pandemic prevention, preparedness and response. And I'm obviously being facetious. Nobody should even remotely consider signing a blank contract, you know, to agree to details to be worked out later. No, the answer is no. No question. Uh, the WHO was created to control and rule over the global population. This is clear cut for me, warns a German uh, physician. And here we go. We have global pandemic agreement at risk of falling apart. Who warns? So this came in January as well. Is this true? Is it falling apart or is this is this more more something to entice people to support and ratify the, the agreement? Your thoughts? Well, um. You know, I think we have a little bit of time, so I'm going to dive down into the weeds on this. Okay. Right. People need to understand what these negotiations really, really are. First and foremost, you know, they are not about your health. There's nobody interviewing doctors or nurses or, you know, um, any kind of researchers or anything like that, not even remotely on the table. If you go back to how these negotiations came to be, in the middle of 2021, the relatively poor nations were unhappy that nations like Canada, in particular, they got contracts for 400 million jabs. They've only got 40 million people, so that's 10 per person. Europe did something very similar, the European Union. 
United States, United Kingdom, Israel was like a pet project for Pfizer, um, Australia, New Zealand. They bought up, the United States bought up all the run deaths near, and the smaller nations who unfortunately still maybe believe that those products were, you know, life saving, they were upset that they were not getting what they thought was their equitable share of these um, pandemic related products. So they called for a second session of the World Health Assembly. And what was decided there was that the WHO would oversee negotiations to what is a trade dispute. They're negotiating a trade dispute because the small nations didn't get enough poison and enough you know, gene-altering jabs to suit them. They felt that they were not harmed equitably. Now, again, I'm being facetious, but this is what they're negotiating. They want access to intellectual property they want access to marketing, uh, not marketing, but manufacturing know-how, and they want investment so that they, in their own countries, can build out the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex, make their own poison, make their own gene-altering injections, and profit from them because they missed out on the booty. They didn't get the money that Pfizer and Moderna cleaned up on. Now, here's what they're really upset about. If you remember back to the days of Omicron, Botswana and South Africa, by whatever means, claimed that they identified a new variant, totally different than anything that came before. So, you know, where did that come from? But they did what they were obligated to do under the international health regulations. And they told the world, hey, looky here, look what we found. And they were greeted with travel restrictions that hurt their economy. Now that's not supposed to be what nations do under the international health regulations. Then they watched Pfizer and Moderna take that information and incorporate it into the boosters and make a couple of more billion dollars. Yeah, and the CDC piled on as well. And Omicron was a little different than the SARS-CoV-2 in the sense that it burnt, it actually burnt out in 40 days, basically on its own. It got people sick. It came and went. I had it for five days, gone. I got rid of it through taking uh, many drops of CDS. It blew out, yeah. blew out my gut. And in, in blowing out my gut, I think it got rid of some parasites. So yep. are they nanoparasites? Don't know. Just saying. And, and so the argument that is going on in these negotiations is about money. It's about control of intellectual property, and it centers on the fact that if you go back into the herbal world, because I used to manage a couple of mom and pop herb and nutrition stores, and there's a, a problem in indigenous cultures where you know they've learned this, that, or the other herb or plant or, or food it has you know beneficial properties, and they were being um, exploited by pharmaceutical companies who would come in, they would get that wisdom, they would take the chemical compounds, they'd alter them a little bit, um, which is essentially what they did with ivermectin, okay? Ivermectin is created by a bacteria, but Merck took it and tweaked it a little bit to you know, make billions on it. And, and there's a, another convention for biological diversity, which says that if a pharmaceutical company swoops in and takes that knowledge, they have to share some of the benefits, 
meaning money. Well, the nations are applying that to the pathogens that once you get the information about a pathogen, even if it wasn't bothering anybody, right? If you're following the approach that's in this uh, agreement, it's called the One Health Approach, they want to look everywhere for the next pathogen that has pandemic potential. Now, they're not saying it's causing a pandemic. They want to find things that have the potential so they can bring them into the lab, see what's going on, hand it over with paperwork that says, oh, you got that from us. So if you make any money on it, we get a piece of the pie. That is what they're arguing about. So what they want to do is they want to, when you hear the word surveillance, yes, it means cameras in your phone is tracking you and all that sort of thing. But when they talk about surveillance, what they really mean is surveilling anywhere you can stick a swab that will check for DNA or RNA. They want that reported. They want that massive database. And so nations are being um, forced through these agreements to do that type of surveillance. The latest one I heard of was the CDC is checking the black water, meaning the waste water from yeah. airplanes, not, not to find which passenger necessarily is. They just want the genomic information so that they can concoct something, do a little bit of gain of function research, create another biological weapon, and then offer you the solution to the problem that they are causing. Yep, that sounds that's, like the COVID death cult to me. Keep going. Well, that's what these negotiations are hung up on because the pharmaceutical companies don't want to give up their intellectual property. They certainly don't want to give up their manufacturing know-how because if they actually told you how they made the jabs, you know, it'd be game over for them. And the smaller nations are wising up to the way the pharmaceutical industry is essentially exploiting them in the same manner that colonialists did, you know, hundreds of years ago. Yep. This is this is corporate cap corporate colonialism where the companies want to come in, pirate the genomic information, go make, you know, products that are unaffordable to the people who handed over the information. You know, if you think about it, you know, somebody who's, you know, some small child in Africa mining cobalt by hand can't afford a Tesla. And so the people who in the nations that have many, many pathogens to choose from, they couldn't afford the prices that Pfizer, you know, Moderna wanted to charge for the jams. And the business model is if you can create enough fear to get your government to either print money, you know, um, digitally create money, or in many nations, go into debt to the World Bank or the IMF or somebody to throw money at the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. That is a spectacular business model because in that emergency situation, did, did you ever hear of anybody doing an audit on the trillions of dollars that you know not, shifted? Not yet, no, on the audit, number one. Number two, I don't think their business model is going to last much longer. I know they need another pandemic because vaccines are cratering. 
the demand for vaccines occurring across the board. More children are being taken out of public school to be homeschooled and not to be vaccinated. All these are trends that are not working in the direction of pharma. And CDC can only lie and gaslight propaganda. A lot of people are seeing through that nowadays. Let's talk about what's going to happen in May. I got two documents in front of me. You said there's a third document. So right now I'm looking at the International Health Regulation Amendments on the left. On the right is a pandemic treaty. Is there another document besides these two? Well, we talked about it. It's the document that the Biden administration illegitimately put in and they pretended to vote on. Okay. But does, and, so where does it where does that does that document fall? On either one of these, or is this a third document? Well, it's it's similar to the international health regulations. And this document was made by Meryl Nass and, and DaughterFreedom.org. So I'm yeah. familiar with, with her and with this information. And so the one thing that where this all connects is the third document, which was submitted illegitimately and fraudulently claimed to have been voted on, which it, it wasn't, Right. Shortened. If you go on on the left side of this for the international health regulations oh, and go down to the uh, fourth bullet point, that document shortened the period of time to revoke or reserve from 18 down to 10 months. And the um, bullet point right above that, it shortened from 24 down to 12 months. Mm-hmm. Biden was trying to get those down to six. And so it's questionable, depending upon who you talk to i believe that that document was completely null and void um merrill made this document a a little while ago before that was you know super duper crystal clear and it's arguable you know our nation's going to stand up and say no those amendments are null and void Uh, and so the current status of it and and just today in the meeting a couple of nations pointed out that iran and three other nations rejected those changes so the 12 months in the third bullet point and the 10 months in the fourth bullet point doesn't apply to them because quite frankly they were smart enough to just write a letter and say go fly a kite we don't accept your changes very good all right james talk about your sub stack and then we'll we'll close out the show with uh more about the world health Organization pandemic treaty well and- you know today today is february the 5th Yep. And two years ago, on February 7th, um, I got an email from my website hosting company at the time, and they completely wiped me off the internet. Um, I think I'd published an article about Run Death is Near, and it everything I'd done for a decade or so was just gone. Yeah, the, the, I, the Fauci protocol, killer protocol that's been killing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in hospitals, which is separate from the people dying from the vaccines. Go on. So on January 21st of that year, um, I learned that they, the FDA had approved it for outpatient injectable use in infants. And I just went ballistic and I wrote an article about it and they didn't want to hear it. So everything I had worked on for 10 years was gone. And so I said, well, what am I going to do now? Time to, you know, do something different. Um, so very creatively, um, I opened up jamesroguski.substack.com. Um, that's where I've published a couple of hundred articles about. Um, and you're still on there because. Still on there. Yep. Just just, just to, for the audience, substack.com, the only person I've ever heard was, was actually 
removed from Substack was Dr. Lee Merritt. She was, I think, discussing uh, parasites and cancers, and I think she hit a nerve. Just wow. saying. Yep. Keep, yep, true story. So um, uh, everything's available there, and you know this may shock you, but I think I've done this with you before. Um, anytime I do an interview, if I can, I give people my phone number. Um, my phone number is 310-619-3055. If you have any questions about what's going on with the WHO or health-related stuff, 310-619-3055. I'm here to serve. And if I can help people, you know, get clear on all this crazy, confusing mess, I've been poking around in the WHO rabbit hole for two years. And so I know a little bit about what they're up to and I'm doing everything I can to stop them. That is great news. Now, don't go away because uh, I want to play a 20 second video only short one that this this is on black lights up in canada so in toronto so the black lights will keep going on different streets and, and the all of the lies from the from the local governments are full of bs so what do you think the real reason for these black lights are other people have their own ideas is it luciferase quantum dot or is it something else to connect 5g with You're putting these black Ashton. lights in all over the place oshawa's got them hamilton's got them i believe brampton's got them mississauga's got them now People have no idea. That's shit. That's how they're going to tell who took the vaccine and who didn't. Do you do you agree with that observation that these are vaccine-related uh, by any chance? I um, have made it a point to talk about the things that I have evidence for. Yep. And not to speculate on things that I don't know. And so what I would encourage everyone to do is do your research. Find out what the frequency of that light is. Find out if there are any studies about what that does to you. Light absolutely has an impact on your health and your mood. I know people who do red light therapy. It's very healing, you know, very positive. There are many other, you know, problems that are caused by, um, you know, seasonally in the wintertime, people get very depressed because they're not getting enough sunlight. Um, I encourage people to look into what, you know, what, wavelength of light is that learn what that may do to you and you know push back against the local governments that are installing those things and you know i've seen some very creative things that people do with um, something as cheap as um, silly string and so there's a, a woman in britain who would uh, if, if she was asked that question she would say something like, oh, you know, there's people who are climbing up on that pole and covering up those lights. By no means should anybody do that. Right. Don't do anything, you know, that would get you in trouble um, to protect yourself from those lights. Well, she's a little little late because they've been cutting down 50,000 uh, UL, uh, all these surveillance cameras in and around London. Keep going. Yep. Well, she's, you know, she's part of that instigation. The, the point is, um, Find out what that wavelength of light actually does and send me the research and I'll publish it under your name. Anybody, you know, who wants to crowdsource re researching that type of problem, let's not speculate. Let's go get some facts. Let's present those facts and stand behind them and bring those things down. Yeah, no question about it. We got uh, three minutes left. Uh, Disease X and I'll let you close out. So Disease X. Is it going you know, to happen, I, it going to happen often, before? Is it going to happen before the pandemic treaty or after? Oh, it's before, during, and after. It's a placeholder. 
Uh, it's essentially, I often have referred to the WHO as the World Hypnosis Organization. Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, you got to make jokes about it, you know. Um, from the WHO's point of view, do they feel that, you know, Elon Musk is the owner of disease X, right? What is it that they're doing with disease X? Well, they're trying Bill Gates to talked mess about it in 2018. I got a whole file on it. So he was really what the they're first, trying to do. He was really the first one to publicly put it out there. It might have been around longer, but he was out there on it for a couple months talking about disease X, disease X. We got to prepare for it. We got to do this, got to do that. You know, him talking with his hands, all of that, 2018. So it's, it's now, now it's now it, it emerged about a year ago, then went away. Now it's like front and center again. Go ahead. It's, it's not a thing, it's a term, it's a placeholder to mess with your head, to get you talking about something that you should be afraid of, rather than dealing with what is real and true in your life. If you look at all of the pathogens and all of the crazy things around the world, and then you look at heart disease and stroke and cancer and diabetes, all of the things that are preventable, they want you to worry about things that they're trying to find. But so here's here's the problem they're having. They no one believes them anymore. I'm talking about exactly, most, exactly. Right, that's problem number one. So what what happens here? They they lose first movers advantage. They no longer exactly. can surprise us. We know a pandemic is coming of some kind. Whatever it's going to be called, whatever disease, whatever doesn't matter. They lost first movers advantage. So now they're at a, a, a gross disadvantage because we're not reacting anymore. In fact, we're mocking them. That is what's exactly, happening. Exactly. Exactly. And have fun with it. We do it all the time. You know, I um, published an article quite some time ago called Money Pox. You know, the K is silent. And yeah. the other one, I noticed that if you're aware of um, Agenda 201, not Agenda 201, um, Event 201 yeah, back in 2019. Well, um, in October of 2022, the same group, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Johns Hopkins did another uh, simulation, tabletop exercise, if you will. Yep. And they called it catastrophic contagion. Well, I noticed that they forgot to reserve the domain name. So I'm the owner of catastrophiccontagion.com. <laughs> go go take idiots. a look. I love it. Go take a look at the trophy that I gave them. If you want to have some fun, go to catastrophiccontagion.com and scroll down and you'll see the trophy I gave them for their really bad acting. Yes. You got to make fun of them. Go, you know, go look up my article from a year and a half ago. Um, they put forth this simulation for monopox and it was a day off when the first case from when they predicted it to be. And so, you know, the acting is so bad. It is and bad. it's so easy to see through. You got to have a little fun with them. And I, I had quite a good amount of fun um, with monkeypox. I know people who live in nations where there are monkeys, right? And nobody there had monkeypox. But in nations that have a lot of money. Oh, a lot of primates oh, was, all over there was Southeast Asia, everywhere. Come on. So the whole thing's a farce. Exactly. People, they've been living side by side. People in monkeys and chimps and orangutans and primates side by side. Got a minute left. Close out, James. Go ahead. Uh, I'm very optimistic. Because what I'm what I'm observing in these negotiations is that it's not good versus evil in the negotiation. Good's not even anywhere near the room, right? This is big evil 
doing battle with a lot of little evils who want a piece of the pie from big pharma. They want to be able to build out their own little pharmaceutical industries in their own nations so that they can abuse their own people and profiteer from it. And so, you know, it's the bad guys against the bad guys. And all we have to do is keep speaking the truth. Who in the world wants any of their garbage? No one. Not, not me. Not you. No, not not me anybody either. watching us. James Roguski, yeah. thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you coming on. We'll bring you on closer to May to find any updates. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.